Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Okay, so here we are with Bob Bordeaux from AVX. Um, Bob is here for part two of his interview, a leader and highlight interview. So, Bob, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, Jackie. It's great to be back, and uh, Happy New Year to you and everyone else. Yes. Well, we're looking forward to 2021. And uh, 2020, we had a lot of uh, changes happen, and that's one of the reasons for this conversation is starting 2021 with a new mindset. And uh, good to get some insights from some of our top leaders. So, Bob, I will start out um, when we ended our prior interview, part one, you mentioned servant leadership. And I thought that was such a key point. And so I, we ended on that note, didn't get to really elaborate. So I wanted to start with that question for you today as far as what do you mean by servant leadership? How has that impacted you? How have you seen that be successful in your career? Hey, it's a great question. And obviously when, you know, you talk about leadership, um, you know, the obvious point is, you know, people need to lead. Um, but as I stated before, uh, I think the, the most important and most successful leaders are the ones that serve the people. And, and what I mean by serve the people, uh, it, it really refers to, constantly training, constantly coaching, putting them in the positions to succeed versus failing, um, and encouraging decision-making. I think that's one of the bigger elements that sometimes managers, you know, when they're in, in decision-making positions, they feel like they have to make all the decisions. And I, I learned a management skill many, many, many years ago, and it, it's called, you know, keeping your hands in your pocket. So when someone mm -hmm. brings something to you, um, instead of reaching out and grabbing it and saying, I'm going to go take care of this and solve this, give them that opportunity to go solve it. Because that's really the only way to you know, grow uh, as an individual is to you know, take on those challenging tasks and, and, and you know, try to resolve them. Um, I have two, you know, I have one example, excuse me, of, uh, of serving uh, that I think it's, it's appropriate to mention. And that was many years ago. I had a situation uh, in an office. I was the general manager of this particular company. And I had two females who uh, were kind of arguing on the floor, causing a scene. And so I brought them into my office, shut the door, sat them both down, and said that no one's going to leave until we resolve this situation. And so when I look back on that situation, and it was resolved, there were tears and hugs and all that. Um, but it was resolved. Mm. And, but when I look back on that, tying that to serving, I actually had to serve as a psychologist at that point. Okay. Mm. And so sometimes I think we as leaders have to put on different hats um, and, and respond in different ways that we might not normally think we would have to do uh, to resolve those situations. And the good news is I never had another problem with those two individuals again. Um, because we, you know, I hit it, you know, head on and, and put the facts on the table and 
you know, everyone went away happy and, and then became obviously productive. So Wow, Bob, that's amazing because it's almost like when you get an injury or you break a bone and it grows back and it's stronger. So what you're describing was that relationship with those women probably actually might have become stronger after because they had the conflict, resolved it, and, and moved forward. So it's a key point because I think that a lot of times when we look at management, we want to avoid conflict or maybe not get involved with things and tell people just resolve things on your own. But you actively, you had that instinct to know you needed to get that resolved. And that really requires a lot of emotional intelligence. So you know, leading into maybe that conversation from here, do you feel that many of our managers, you know, people that you've worked with, industry leaders, do you feel that we're properly educating people on emotional intelligence and how leading people is way more than, you know, do this job? Like you said, it's coaching, it's psychology, there's a lot involved. Can you just speak to that very briefly of, of how, how is it at AVX um, you are able to implement a certain amount of emotional intelligence through the organization? Well, I think, you know, one of the things at AVX is the fact that um, I have the credibility that I'm allowed to do those things. Okay. And I don't have mm-hmm. anyone standing over my shoulder saying you can, or you can't do this. And I, I've had good success over my close to the nine years now um, in, in doing that. And, and I think that's, that's, you know, viewed as a positive and, um, you know, should it, you know, do we hope it expands across the board and throughout the company? I I think so. And I think that is somewhat, you know, missing in a lot of companies is, is educating, you know, the senior managers. Okay. On some of these things, just because someone has a title doesn't necessarily need, uh, mean that they know how to lead. And uh, one of those areas that you just mentioned that I think is a really, really challenging area for a lot of people is conflict management. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's human nature that people don't like conflict management. And unfortunately, I think conflict management happens many times every day, whether it's with a, a, a late delivery with a customer or, uh, you know, a colleague at work or what have you. And those are things that, you know, we have to have leaders that have the strength to manage those situations. And it merely makes everyone better at the end of the day. So again, I think I've been uh, lucky, 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 excuse me, to have the ability uh, to be able to, you know, do some of these things and work with a lot of the people. And, and, And some of these people I work with aren't even in my department. Okay, they could be in another department, but that's kind of how I view things is, you know, to not overuse the term, but, you know, like my my dad, I care as well. And and I think we all work together. We're all successful. So I'm happy to do that. Well, I love that. And and we talked about it in part one. Um, I love the fact that you brought that up about your dad and the fact that he cared. And and that's how you are as well. I think it's a basic simple thing that we forget about, not only in our companies and our lives and our world, if people could just take that standpoint of I care, I would imagine you've gone so much farther out of your way, (laughs) just because of that whole notion of you care. And so it makes people strive to be better. And I really uh, appreciate that about you as a leader is that it, it really can motivate people to be better and do better. 
And I, I just wanted to also ask you, when you have these situations in a company where, you know, we talk about diversity in our industry, we talk about all these initiatives we want to do, and it's great. And um, But are we just talking or are we really making a difference? Are we really doing something to impact that next rising generation of leaders? Are we really opening the door, are we really training them? What happens in companies? Because I believe this is a big issue we face right now in our industry. There may be top level thinkers who agree and want the diversity issue brought to the table, would love to just snap their fingers and, hey, we have a diverse company. But we have to deal with um, mindsets we've had for, for years and generations, right? So what happens in a company when top management actually cares and wants to make a change, but how do you implement that through the organization? And what happens when you have these blockers that don't even realize they're blocking. It's just they've been programmed a certain way. They don't even maybe realize their behavior. Um, to me, that's one of the biggest issues we face with progressing with leadership and diversity in our industry. So I know that's a long preface and question, but can you address that? Sure. Well, I think the on a positive side, I think the first thing, the fact that it's being talked about is important. Okay, because mm -hmm. it has always existed, but no one would talk about it. So now people are talking about it, but then you have to say, well, who are the ones that are taking action and, and how are they taking action? And, and certainly I, I'm not going to speak for every company out there, but there's still probably a lot that just talk about it and, and say, oh, yeah, we're, we're going down that path and, and then nothing happens. Right. It's the, the, the old, you know, you know, walk the talk. Um, one of the things I was thinking that might help companies uh, make it more of a, of a, you know, step towards reality here is, you know, we all get uh, measured on various things, whether it's revenue or, you know, profitability or, or various uh, MBOs. Um, maybe it's time that as part of people's MBOs, especially in the, in the senior management level, that there's an MBO that's related to, you know, um, employee development, uh, specifically in the in the area of diversity and and mentorship, okay, and and they have to provide the results of of those MBOs and and it can impact their pay uh, if it, if they don't take it seriously. So that's one thing that I think should be done to maybe help start getting people in that direction and taking it uh, seriously. Um, I think the other area that uh, it, it starts is is in the area of when you're recruiting and hiring and it, maybe it's more in terms of the hr department but <clears throat> you know there has to be an unbiased review of, of resumes i heard one company i don't recall who it was but they were actually before they would submit resumes to managers to review uh they would actually take the names off the resume okay and because you know some people are influenced uh you know well wait this is a this is a young lady i don't want to hire a lady i want to you know i want a guy for the job or you know any anything else along those lines and and right away you know you're dismissing the action of hiring the you know maybe the best candidate so they take the names off the resumes and you pick who you feel is good and then you know you go from there so it's just an interesting you know side thing i'm not sure if it works or, or doesn't work but these are the things that i think people have to do is start thinking outside the box a little more in, in trying to figure a way to 
uh, increase and, and, you know, like I said earlier, walk the talk when it comes to, you know, true diversity in the workplace. That's an excellent point because anytime you directly link um, some initiative to pay, that's when you're going to have some change. <laughs> so I think that's a very good suggestion. So that's something that companies can create those types of programs internally. Management, you know, upper level management can create that and start doing that as far as HR. Excellent point too, Bob, because I believe in a lot of companies, you know, do you have a diverse minded HR director, number one? Mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> uh, start right there. And then what are the meetings that can happen in HR to try to promote a more diverse um, recruiting effort? So those are excellent points. And, and, and along those lines, okay, so all we have these discussions for a reason because there's an impact, right? So do you feel in our industry right now with um, the current talent we have, with talent trying to rise up, do you feel that there's many people who are suffering from a result of lack of diversity within companies? Do you feel that this is enough of an issue uh, to make such a big deal about that, that we're you know, trying to promote at Women in Electronics uh, because we talk about it, but living it in the channel, what is your perspective? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. And I think one of the challenges we have today and we've had in the last really now 12 months is the whole uh, COVID-19 issue. And, and I think it's probably derailed a lot of... Um, you know, activities and things that people maybe had put on their docket a year ago that they wanted to do in 2020. Um, and I, th I certainly think that it, it's also, um, you know, caused some people to maybe have to, to change some of their leadership styles because no one's face to face anymore. Okay. It's been a whole mm -hmm. year almost. And, and I don't, I don't really see it changing, um, you know, in 2021 anytime soon. Um, so I, I think that, um, I think that the challenge is still out there, but I think it's been a little derailed because everyone has been, you know, focused on, you know, what do I do? I can't travel. I can't go here or there. I've got this thing called virtual meetings. I got 12 of them today. How am I managing that? And, you know, there's some positives, you know, but there's some negatives to those things as well. So I do feel that at the end of the day, uh, everyone wants to do the right thing and, and, you know, Doing the right thing is to be, you know, able to have a more diverse workplace and promote the right people and help them get to where they need to be and not have people, you know, scared about applying for a certain position um, or think that, you know, they're not worthy because they are, you know, this type of person, you know, woman or whatever it might be. So I think that the whole thing is and, and, you know, I'm not trying to shoot a commercial here for you guys, but certainly when your organization started, it has done a lot in our industry to identify a lot of the pitfalls in terms of diversity. And you guys have done a tremendous job in, in highlighting that to a lot of people. And, and I don't think it's intentional that people don't think about it. It just never was highlighted. And now that it is, I think most people and most leaders that I talk to in our industry in particular are taking this seriously and are trying to find you know, ways and better ways to be successful, you know, based on the drive that you guys have and, and so forth. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to keep going with that. Um, definitely appreciate the support so far we've had from the industry. So I wanted to ask you, though, 
piggybacking off of that for our young rising talent, um, you are one of these people who takes uh, leadership to a different level with mentorship and, and coaching and all kinds of um, good, um, you know, just advice for our next generation of leaders, even current leaders that are in certain positions that just haven't taken that next step. So what would your advice be to any uh, any person who's trying to rise up in their career in our industry? Like, what are some of those principles? Well, I think the uh, number one principle um, that I think the younger folks need to look at today is patience. And, you know, a lot of them are and want to be on the fast track. You know, they no sooner start for a company and, you know, they want to know what their next position is going to be. Um, and, and I'm not exaggerating. I have four, four kids and I have a couple really, really strong millennials who are like that. And, uh, you know, that's not how I started. Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm sure that's how, you know, most of us uh, that are senior in the industry didn't start that way. We, we know that you have to kind of, you know, pay your dues and, and have some yep. patience and, and, and this and that. So I think patience is the first thing. Secondly, I think, you know, listening skills and communication is, is extremely important in anything. Okay. I don't think we, you know, can, can under emphasize how important communication is. And that doesn't mean, li that doesn't mean talking. That means listening. Okay. And then the other thing is, you know, I think you have to show uh, a level of sincerity and concern, whether it's internally in your company uh, but certainly externally with, with customers, you know, again, I, I use the word, you know, caring, but if you show a customer and you come across that you care about their problems and, and helping them solve their solutions, that goes miles for you. And, uh, people want to deal with people that they can trust and, and who are going to, you know, work for them and help them solve their situations. And then the last thing is, you know, I think attitude, just having a positive attitude, um, and, and what's really, you know, good for the company and, and how can I add value to the company versus what's the company going to do for me, I think goes a long way. Uh, and I say that because you never know who is watching. Okay. You just never know. I, and I, I always tell people, Hey, you know, you want to be the first to arrive, the last to leave because you don't know who's watching. And, um, a, a quick little story on that, um, I, uh, in South Carolina, I live, live very close to Clemson University, and uh, big, we're big supporters, uh, AVX of Clemson, and in their uh, education, and we put a lot of money there. And so the head coach, Dabo Sweeney, I was at uh, his youth camp with my grandson, and, you know, Dabo used to say, you know, you never, you never know who's watching. Okay, so you want to always do the right things. Well, during the two-day camp, there's like 800 kids there. He, he's, he's there full time. He's walking around and he's watching. And he noticed that there were a couple kids that were picking up paper cups that people would just miss throwing in the barrel, you know, from their, their drink mm -hmm. breaks. And these kids were picking up paper cups, putting them in the barrel. Well, at the end of the, uh, the session, he uh, presented those two boys with signed footballs from him. Okay, because he noticed mm -hmm. it. And, and his emphasis, again, was you never know who's watching. So, in our professional, you know, business and for the young people that come in, you always want to try to do the right things and, and focus on, you know, the now uh, because you don't know who's watching. And 
some people will watch and if they see someone being the first in every day or working, you know, uh, late in the evening and getting projects done and this and that, um, you know, you, you might want to look at that person to make sure they're promotable at the end of the day because they have that skill level and that uh, commitment that you'd like to see in your employees. So those wow. would be the things I would say, uh, you know, are very important. And I also have the last thing I'll mention is, you know, I've also talked about uh, what we call 10 things that take zero talent. OK, so it doesn't matter what degree you have or no degree or whatever uh, or where you've been trained. But there's 10 things that take zero talent on time or I should say being on time, your work ethic, your effort, your body language, the energy you show your attitude, passion, being coachable, doing extra, and being prepared, okay? It doesn't matter, you know, what your talent is. It doesn't matter how high you can jump, how fast you can run. If you do those things, then that will get you, you know, a lot of places in life. Wow, I love that. Um, I think that's, you know, I'm going to write all those down. <laughs> I think that's really, it's a really good list, um, Bob. And I, you know, I wanted to ask you um, for coming, concluding, come to the end of our interview. One important question is, um, you know, a leader like you who's been around the block, you've read, led a lot of people. Um, what has been your biggest leadership lesson of your whole career? If you can take it down to the biggest lesson that impacted you, good or bad, uh, what was that? Can you share that? Sure. Um you know, and that can, that can go a lot of different ways, but, um, I would say that, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say I have two. And, uh, okay. one of, one of them is, um, don't burn a bridge. Okay. And, uh, um, again, that was probably one of the things my dad mentioned to me early on in my career. And, uh, you never want to burn a bridge because it will always come back and, uh, impact you may not be within six months it could be 30 years but you know people don't forget and you always want to you know you, you just don't want to burn a bridge and then the last thing that I've learned and and, and the learning of this uh, comment is is really through some people I've worked for or I've seen in action and um, that's uh, that's making sure that you are ready you aim and then you fire I have seen too many people ready fire and forget the aim part. And mm. that is just not a good management skill to have. Um, and, and with that, I've always told people in, in many situations, let's make sure we have all the facts before we fire, right? So the facts are the aim aspect of it. And then you can fire accordingly, but you also should fire very professionally. So I've always felt you need to take the high road and things, take the emotion out of it. Um, because I've seen a lot of people not take the emotion out of it and things are said that are, are regretted later and burning bridges and this and that. So, you know, to me, those are a couple of things that, uh, you know, I've learned over the years and, and certainly have gotten better at as I've, uh, you know, gotten older and more experienced. So, you know, hopefully, you know, people, uh, you know, people, you know, see that and, and again, try to keep the emotions aside. Wow. I really like that. The other thing, too, just to piggyback on that is um, I learned a lesson so many years ago. Talk about um, not going on emotions is anytime you feel heated, 
it's the three-day rule. Anything can wait three days. Just sit on it, especially if, if it's going to have an impact. Just wait, and you'll be amazed <laughs> how different your perspective is and how you react in a few days. Even if it's a little delayed reaction, it's always better than a quick fire and, and burning bridges. <laughs> Absolutely. You always have to take a deep breath. Yes, yes. So it's, it, it's good uh, for people to understand who are listening as the emotions in business can run pretty high sometimes. And so these are good conversations to have. And then really to conclude, Bob, I love talking to you. Um, wish we had a lot more time, but I wanted to ask you because we didn't get time to get into it last time too. Just, um, you know, where you see, let's pull it back around to AVX a little bit because AVX is a company that's been in the industry for a long time. You've undergone under, a lot of changes with the 2020, just like everybody else. Where do you see AVX uh, beginning 2021? What is your, you know, um, advantage in the marketplace? What is it that you're hoping to accomplish? And, and let's just hear a little more about AVX. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, first of all, AVX has been around for a long time. So, you know, we're, we're a brand name in the market. Um, I think most people, you don't have to, if you mention AVX, you don't have to, you know, get into a dialogue of who we are, yeah. where we're from and yeah. all that stuff. So um, that's an important thing. You know, we don't have to really sell mm -hmm. the brand. Uh, we're, we're a good name in the market. We've always had great quality products uh, and continue to build quality products. Um, we have various solutions for, you know, applications, for example, like RF, we have a lot of solutions, products that we, we make to support the, uh, the, the growing uh, market segment of RF uh, that, that we're all dealing with today. Um, and, and, you know, we've been very financially sound uh, over the years. And so, you know, whether the, the industry is up or down, you know, we're able to continue to invest um, when things are really tight, you know, everyone, you know, wants you to put more capacity on. Well, we've probably already been doing that and, and have invested to try to stay ahead of that. And a lot of companies can't do that because they don't have the capital or the resources to do so. Um, and then finally, you know, we've had a, a, uh, very consistent management team. Um, our CEO, Johnny Sarvis has, uh, been with the company well over 40 years, um, and that means a lot, okay, uh, to have the leadership at that level uh, be consistent uh, and get, you know, very solid direction uh, for all of us at the end of the day. Um, and about a year ago, you know, we've always been part of uh, Kiyosera, and uh, March of 2020, they uh, they uh, bought the, the rest of our, our shares, and uh, we are now 100% owned by Kiyosera, so we're, we're not... Uh, you know, we don't have a, a AVX stock anymore on the on the stock exchange. We're 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 a private company, so we really have the backing of Kiyosera globally, which is you know well over fifteen billion dollar company. So we're in a very good position, not only for you know today, uh, but for the long term. So when we had the the uh, fallout from COVID in in the you know April May you know June timeframe when business just stopped for everyone. Um, you know, we were impacted, no doubt, but but it didn't impact us to the fact that we had to turn around and start letting people go, um, shutting down facilities or things of that nature. In fact, we've actually did the opposite. We've actually been hiring people and we've been uh, increasing our footprint globally, um, you know, in terms of uh, adding uh, uh, capacity. So when you have those things and those backing uh, by companies like uh, Kiyosera, it, it allows us to really look at a 10 year 
15, 20 year plan and then be able to execute on it. So those are kind of some of the highlights that we have. And, and uh, we have some great relationships with our customers as well. And, and that's how we get a lot of our products out is through the collaboration with our customers. So it's uh, for me, it's been a great nine years and, and look forward to continuing continuing this uh, drive that we've been doing. And even when we face uh, some of these challenges that none of us have ever faced before, um, you know, it shows some re resiliency as well uh, in the industry. And, uh, you know, right now it's a good time. So we're going to, we're going to keep plotting forward and, and keep our eye on the ball and, and see what 2021 brings. Wow. Well, what I'm hearing from you is you have consistent leadership, but you're still agile. And I think those are two critical components for success as we head into 2021 and beyond. And I'm just going to squeeze in one more question with you, Bob, because All right. this I want to get to really quick is, um, you know, you talk about consistent leadership. I see it. I know it, you know, at AVX. But what is it, you know, not only that drives the leaders in your company, but you personally, what drives you to get up every day and do the same thing that you've been doing for the last nine years and then beyond, you know, in your career, because what is that that drives you to show up in your best effort every day? Um, great question, Jackie. And, and I think that, um, you know, for me, it's, it's just being able to see people advance in their careers, okay, and as individuals, whether they come in through, you know, an entry level position in, in customer service, and, you know, two or three years down the road, move into a, another role in the company, whether it's in my organization or manufacturing or what have you, to know that, you know, you've had an impact on that person to be able to grow and, and um, they get allowed to have those opportunities, even if it's with another company. Okay. Um, to me, that's, you know, that, that's one thing that, that keeps me motivated day in and, and day out. Um, you know, family is another thing. Uh, I think family is very important. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, when you have a, a family, you're there to provide for them. And, uh, you know, that's certainly a motivating thing that uh, keeps you working. And, and I also just like to win. Okay, and I just like the challenge of whatever I do is is, is to win. Um, if I don't win, I, I hopefully learn something from that and and try to move forward. But I like seeing other people win as well. And so when someone gets a good order and worked hard and 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 gets that purchase order, I mean it's you know you you know and I know some companies do this, but you want to ring a bell, right? And you want to highlight that, and and it creates excitement as well. And then the last thing I'd say is, you know, I I enjoy. Based on my experience, um, I, I enjoy giving advice to people, okay? It's one thing you can't take away, away from, you know, veterans like myself is that we have a, a long, many years of experience. And um, I've even had some people come up and, and you know, share personal issues and, and look for advice. And, you know, that makes me feel good because I can only speak on my experiences and, and, and if it helps them uh, in their lives one way or another, then, uh, you know, that uh, it. I just feel good about that. And, and that's what uh, mm -hmm. keeps me motivated. Wow. Well, I love that, Bob. And I appreciate you as a leader. I love talking to you. So thank you for being here today. Um, and appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again another time. Love that you care. Love you're a consistent leader and that your company is agile. And I think that AVX is going to do a lot in the industry. You as well. So thanks for being here today. Thank you for being a sponsor of Women in Electronics, by the way. And I know you were a big advocate of that. So I wanted to just extend that to you as well. Thank you so much to you and to AVX. 
Well, thank you, Jackie, for the opportunity. And, and, and again, we, we enjoy the sponsorship and we look, look forward to doing it for many years ahead. So thank you as well. All right. You have a blessed day. Thanks. You too. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.